Welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, a resource created by Lighthouse Family Retreat to strengthen families living through childhood cancer. You'll hear stories from families, educational information on childhood cancer, and most importantly, we will be there to encourage your family during your journey. Hey, welcome back to our podcast. Last week, we told you we would have some amazing guests this month for Childhood Cancer Awareness, and today might be one of my favorites. But before we talk to Peyton, I just wanted to mention how much fun I had this last weekend at our gold party. I know. So much fun, wasn't it? It was a night to remember. We hosted two. Christy, two gold parties. That's right. Uh, One in Alpharetta, Georgia, the other in Alice Beach, Florida. We were in the one at uh, at the one in Alpharetta. And it was so great to see so many in the Lighthouse community coming out to support just awareness around childhood cancer and supporting families living through childhood cancer. I love seeing everybody I worked with over the summer volunteered with um, because it's one, it's like a family reunion, but we look a lot better because we've all showered (laughs) and cleaned up a little bit. So sometimes it's hard to recognize Mm -hmm. each other Mm because we look so different from sweatiness at the beach. It does. We're not in flip flops. Yeah. And uh, t-shirts and hats and sunscreen. We we didn't all smell like sunscreen. We did not. Yeah, we um, smelled much better. Smelled, yeah, smelled a little bit better. <laughs> it really was awesome, and how we could just kind of come together, have some fun, have a little healthy competition. Which you, as a three, you got to enjoy that. It's all right? about the win. That's right. <laughs> some blackjack, some roulette, a little bit of craps. Yeah, we had a we had a really great time. Again, all the while supporting Lighthouse, so we can keep strengthening families with retreats and resources just like this podcast. Our heart is that these resources are going to encourage families beyond our retreats, which is so important. And I don't know how you couldn't walk away encouraged after hearing Peyton talk about her childhood cancer journey and the impact it had on her faith, Christy. Yeah, she's really special. So she's from my area town. She and her sisters and my boys went to elementary school together. Um, Just a little bit about Peyton so you all get to know her. She's from Marietta, Georgia, right down the road from us. She's currently studying. She's studying nursing at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it is. She's starting her junior year there. She's really involved with her church, Chapel Hill Bible Church, where she's going to be interning this during the school year, and she's super excited about that. She's really involved there. She was diagnosed with a mixed phenotype acute leukemia. I have to say that very slowly during her sophomore year of high school. And I remember when that happened, um, she had a really rough road for a couple years after that. Mm. But as you're going to hear, she is not only cancer free for three years now, but she's really, her faith is just like beyond her years. Mm. Um, I'm really excited to hear her story. And I think her story will bless you all. So let's listen in. Hey, Peyton, it is good to see you. How is college life treating you? Overall, I very much enjoy being at UNC and um, definitely have a lot of sweet friends. Um, School has been good overall. And you're a sophomore, is that right? I am, yes. Awesome, that's right. So let's go back. Your cancer journey started when you were in high school, I remember. So can you go back to what was going on, how you knew something was wrong and how the whole diagnosis came about. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was diagnosed when I, halfway through my sophomore year of high school. So I was 15 years old at the time. Uh, Right before my diagnosis, I was definitely a pretty big athlete. I ran cross country and played lacrosse. And uh, towards the end of cross country season in the fall, I had noticed that I was just a little bit slower than normal, which, um, was just kind of abnormal for me and uh, going into lacrosse season, uh, lacrosse training, uh, I noticed the same thing that I was just lagging uh, farther behind than usual. And uh, my legs just felt super heavy. Um, Alongside of that, I had 
uh, a pretty severe headache that lasted the entire month of December. Wow. And, uh, no matter like how much ibuprofen I took, it really, uh, it maybe got like a little bit better, but it was just always there. And, uh, that one day, uh, in early January, it, the headache had gotten so bad that, uh, I had to go to the emergency room. And so my mom took me to the emergency room and, uh, after many, many hours spent there, uh, I was told that I had leukemia. So what was the next step from there? What did treatment look like? So we went uh, straight into treatment. I, uh, I was immediately admitted into uh, the ICU from there. And um, I think from what I remember, they uh, kind of had to figure out what treatment plan would work best. Um, they, I had two types of leukemia at once. And so that made things a little bit complicated and was admitted into the ICU and spent, I believe a little less than two weeks in the hospital initially um, to receive treatment. And then following that, I would go back to the hospital for a uh, month, weeks, months at a time to yep. receive uh, chemotherapy. And all of that led up to a bone marrow transplant. So when they described, when they first started talking to you about treatment and what treatment was going to look like, and I know it sounded a little more complicated because it wasn't just one leukemia, right? You said it was two. Right. What did you understand about what treatment meant? Like, how did you, like, what did your brain comprehend about what you were about to enter into? Yeah, good question. So uh, I guess being diagnosed in high school uh, with, uh, you know, pediatric cancer, I, I just didn't really, I had never really been exposed to other kids that had cancer before. And so all I really knew um, about cancer was, uh, were some older, like something that older people got. Uh, my grandpa had cancer at the time, uh, some other people I knew, but I'd never really known any kids that had it. And so I never honestly even thought about like what that kind of treatment looked like. Was it different? Was it the same? Those are, those were just never questions that I really asked. And so uh, I guess initially going into treatment for me, I, I didn't realize all types of treatments for pediatric cancers are different, you know? So um, I guess I didn't realize that some types of treatment, mine included, required being in the hospital for not just a day, not just a few nights, but weeks and months at a time. Um, that was something I had just never thought about. And so that was definitely a big surprise to me. And um, I'd also never really thought about the fact that you know, going through treatment in my case, this isn't uh, the case for all kids, but in my case meant that I wouldn't be able to physically attend school. And uh, so that was a big part of what treatment meant to me, like aside from actually receiving it, um, it meant that while I was receiving treatment, I couldn't go out and do other things. So um, I guess those are things that I didn't really think about, you know, before I was diagnosed. Yeah. How do you process, um, and we hear this a lot, but we, we, you know, we have a lot of little kids in treatment too, but that you're in the ER for a headache. And then, you know, it's like two seconds and you're admitted and you're told you have cancer. Like how long does it take from an emotional side to even process that? Yeah. You know, never, that thought never crossed my mind when, you know, I had that, uh, long painful headache, uh, the month prior. I, uh, I remember we actually, me and my mom, actually, I think we went to a neurologist. Uh, we went to a few different doctors to kind of get it checked out, but that was just something, you know, cancer, leukemia, that was something that we absolutely did not think was the cause of um, that pain. And so, you know, being admitted into the hospital, 
um, having been a school uh, just a day earlier um, that for the beginning of that next new semester um, in January, uh, I was definitely greatly shocked and surprised. Um, you know, I remember the doctor coming in and he told us, you know, this is what we think it is, but um, we're going to run the tests again just to make sure. Um, but when he told us that that's what it was, I was just like, wow, like I, it was, it took a very long time to process. Um, I mean, my initial thoughts were, because like I said earlier, like I, I didn't know anything about pediatric cancer. I didn't really know, personally know any other kids who had experienced that. And so my initial thought when the doctor told me that I had cancer was, oh my gosh, like I'm going to die. I, I, came to figure out, you know, after some more conversations with the doctors that that wasn't necessarily going to be the case, um, thankfully, or at least, at least at that point, um, in my treatment. Uh, but you know, those are, that was definitely my initial thought. Um, I remember thinking that, um, so yeah, extremely shocking and, uh, definitely took a while to process what was actually going on, uh, for sure. So you were in treatment for a while and then a transplant, you're going to have to have a transplant. Yes. Tell us what leading up to that was like, what was the prep for that like, and then tell us a little bit about your donor. Okay. Yeah. So, um, basically leading up to the bone marrow transplant, uh, I believe I had two separate stays at the hospital, um, where I received chemotherapy and radiation, um, you know, kind of to rid my body of, um, all the cancer cells before having this transplant. And, um, so yeah, I I spent, uh, weeks and months again at the hospital, um, receiving treatment and just, uh, also, uh, you know, getting treated for, uh, the side effects of all of that chemotherapy and radiation. And then, uh, all that led up, uh, to a bone marrow transplant in which, uh, actually one of my younger sisters was my donor and uh, I have two younger sisters, um, Anna and Samantha, but Anna was, uh, my donor. And that was just super cool because, um, you know, in the, especially in the hardship of all that we were going through, um, that was just a really big blessing to kind of get to share that with her. And, um, I know that that meant a lot to her to be able to do that for me as well. And that's something that we'll always get to share too, which is really cool and sweet. Wow. What was recovery like from that? Man, I, (laughs) so after the bone marrow transplant, um, honestly, I don't remember much of what it was like if that tells you anything about what the recovery was like, because, um, you know, I was in, uh, bone marrow transplants are really tough on your body. You know, they wipe out your whole immune system. They wipe out a lot. And so, um, I was in a lot of pain and I guess I'm honestly thankful. I don't remember a lot of it. Um, just because of all the medication that I was on to, you know, help with that pain, um, is kind of why I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I guess if that tells you, um, what that was like, but then, you know, once I kind of got, a little bit away from the transplant, um, I would say probably like a month, a month out, um, was when I was, you know, feeling a little bit better. Um, and because my immune system was wiped out, you know, I couldn't go anywhere. Uh, I had lots and lots of food restrictions. In fact, mm-hmm. for the most part, I wasn't really eating at all. Um, and so just like lots of changes too, that I didn't really think about, you know, before having a transplant, I just kind of thought about the uh, initial side effects, like the pain and uh, the nausea and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't really think about what my life would be like uh, in those months following the transplant. And so definitely um, a lot of 
big changes. I stayed at the Ronald McDonald house for, uh, I believe about a month. Oh. Um, so that was super different. <laughs> Nothing. I'd never been there before. How hard was it for you and your sisters and your mom and dad to kind of coordinate who's with you, who's with the sisters? Like, how did that change your family dynamic? Man, yeah, also a really great question. Um, yeah, so I definitely wasn't the one coordinating that, but I know that um, that was definitely something that was really hard for uh, my parents and my siblings, uh, for, for me, for sure. But just um, for one of them to have to always be with me every second. Um, was super hard and definitely meant that our family wasn't all together for most of the time. And so that definitely changed up the dynamic, just something that we hadn't really experienced before, um, especially after my transplant. Uh, my youngest sister, Samantha, at the time was too young to be able to come uh, and visit me initially. And so that was really hard not being able to see her, um, really just not being able to spend time with all of them was really tough for me. But then I know uh, for them, just like I said, for them having to not be able to be together and for to only have one parent at home because the other one was with me uh, made things really difficult. But, you know, we were really fortunate and blessed to have a really great community that um, really helped us through that a lot. And though it didn't make things, you know, perfect, um, uh, the community that backed us up uh, really supported us uh, very well through that time. So, post-transplant, you're going in stages, like you're in the hospital and then you make it to the Ronald McDonald house and then you finally make it home. When did you start feeling kind of what you would consider normal? Uh, yeah. So I, uh, so I had that bone marrow transplant in early April. Uh, this was 2017, uh, when I was diagnosed and, um, yeah, I spent about a month in the hospital, uh, about a month in the Ronald McDonald house. And then I finally got to go home. I guess this was at the beginning of the summer. Um, and so I finally definitely didn't feel normal, but I was definitely making steps towards um, what had been the most normal, I guess I had experienced in a really long time. Um, and so I feel like I did have a, a relatively good summer uh, spent at home. I got to spend time with friends. Um, I got to go to the beach with my family, um, you know, just got to do some things, once again, normal things that I hadn't really gotten to do in a while. So um, I did have a good pretty good summer following that transplant. So tell us, so you got to about hundred days post transplant and you went to an appointment and how, how were you feeling then? Um, yeah. So hundred days, uh, post bone marrow transplant, you know, you get a biopsy, uh, to see how things are going. Like if there's cancer, uh, still in your body or if it's all gone, like it's supposed to be. And I went into that biopsy extremely confident. And that was because my doctors went into that biopsy extremely confident um, because I just, I was doing so well. Um, like I said earlier, I was, I did feel, you know, as normal as I had felt in a while. And so I was just feeling really good, uh, really not worried too much at all. You know, I got the biopsy results a few days later and uh, it turned out that um, that was not the case. And I had actually relapsed, which was a really, really big shock to both me and my family. Wow. How, do you remember when you found that out? Yes, I definitely remember. Um, actually, I was at home. Uh, it was just uh, me and my mom at home. And I remember uh, seeing my dad pull into the driveway and um, I went downstairs uh, to him and my mom uh, talking and crying on the couch. And, um, I asked them what was wrong and they had told me that the doctors had called them. Wow. What, um, so from there then, cause relapse is new, that's different. 
that yeah. changes probably the treatment plan. Mm -hmm. What what did the treatment plan look like from there? What was new? What was different? Yeah. So uh, when I had relapsed, it was definitely. Uh, I remember asking my dad this specifically. I. I, I wanted, uh, I was old enough to understand what was going on. So I wanted my doctors and my parents to be pretty upfront with me about, I didn't want them to hide things from me. You know, I was 15, uh, 16 actually um, at the time of my relapse. And so um, I wanted them to be upfront with me. And so I asked my dad, I said, like, how, how bad is this? Like, really? Like, be honest. And he looked at me and he said, Peyton, like, it's, it's not good. And um, that's just when I knew things were going to be really different than the first time. Uh, you know, the first time I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but, uh, when I relapsed, uh, even though there was a lot of unknown still, um, I had this awareness of kind of the pain that I was going to have to endure again, the things that I was going to have to miss out on, um, again, as far as, you know, being in high school goes, uh, being with my family. So that was definitely something that made the relapse harder, um, as far as treatment, um, because, uh, just uh, because I had relapsed so close to my bone marrow transplant, um, that is really, I think, what made things uh, not good. Like my dad had said, um, you know, that usually doesn't happen. It's pretty rare to relapse that quickly after a bone marrow transplant. And so um, I think that the doctors um, were kind of, they didn't, they didn't really know uh, what the best treatment plan was. Uh, just because it was so rare. And so um, from what I remember, uh, kind of from August to December, um, I was receiving uh, a lot of just, you know, treatment to kind of keep me, keep me going um, until I could have a second bone marrow transplant. Uh, and we had to wait on that second bone marrow transplant because uh, you, you couldn't have them uh, that close together. That's just would not have been good. Um, for me and my body, um, it wouldn't have been able to handle it, um, especially since I was so weak already from the first one still. Um, and so I had, um, in those months following my relapse, uh, which happened at the beginning of August, um, I had more chemotherapy and I actually had, um, this gene therapy called CAR T cell, uh, therapy, um, which I believe is one of the things that was extremely helpful, um, when I relapsed and, um, you know, ridding my body of the cancer and, uh, once again, I spent months at the hospital, um, during, uh, that time from August to December, just getting that treatment to kind of get my body prepared for a second bone marrow transplant. And I ended up having a second bone marrow transplant uh, a few days before Christmas of that year. Now, was this one with a, a different donor or the same donor? Yes, it was with a different donor. Um, I'm not, I'm not quite sure why I don't remember, but you can't have the same donor. Uh, and so I had a different uh, anonymous donor this time, um, and I still have not um, met. I know it's a him, but I don't know. Um, other than that, I really don't know anything gotcha. uh, about him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Will you get to meet? Do they give you the choice? Like, will you get to meet him? Yes. I believe, um, you know, I may have recently passed the mark where I can... Um, you know, write him a letter maybe or an email. Um, I'm not quite sure. I should probably look into that. But yeah, super cool. Um, so definitely super thankful for yeah. whoever that was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you missed, so you never got to go back to school for the start of your junior year. No. no. So you, missed half, you missed half of your sophomore year. And then when did you get to go back to school? 
So I didn't get to go back and physically attend school until my senior year. So I missed a year and a half going to school before I had relapsed. I thought I was going to get to go back um, maybe October of my junior year. But um, when I relapsed, that was no longer the case. So missing that much school when it was so important to you because you had your your sports and you're really good in school. I'm just going to say on you a little bit, but how does this all affect and going, just going through treatment, going through two transplants and being separated from your family, how does this all affect you emotionally? Like, where did you go for support? Uh, yeah, great question. Yeah. So some people, lots of times people ask me, what do you think the hardest part of, uh, you know, having cancer was, and I think definitely, you know, the painful parts of actual treatment were really difficult. But when I really look back on that, um, I do think that some of the hardest parts for me were, uh, you know, not being able to go to school and be around my friends and just missing out on all of the typical high school things that, you know, you do as a high schooler um, and uh, missing out on those sports and the school, like you said, um, was extremely difficult for me. I felt like I had definitely um, put a lot of my, uh, wrongly put a lot of my identity in those things, you know, prior to being diagnosed with cancer. And so to have all of those things stripped away from me, you know, in, in just what felt like an instant um, was really tough. But uh, I think I mentioned earlier, you know, we, I was surrounded with a really great uh, community. It's some really great friends who uh, really went out of their way to spend time with me. You know, they ended up missing out on some of the things that uh, typical high school students do. Uh, but I was so, so blessed to um, call those people my friends. And they, um, they did some incredible um things for me and uh, just never failed to uh, love on me and support me. Um, and the same goes for um, my family too. You know, we, they had some uh, great friends um, and just a support system that really helped us through that. Um, another really big thing for me uh, was uh, just uh, my church and um, just the way that they really uh, went out of their way to support me and love on me and pray for me. And uh, that really meant a lot to me as well. Talk about you when you were talking about your parents and your family, how does having cancer when you're 15, 16, 17, how does that change the relationship as you're trying to be more independent and you're getting older and you're kind of having to be more dependent? How did it change the relationship between you and your parents? Mm. That's a great question. You know, that's not something I've actually ever really been asked a lot, um, which is super interesting, but um, you're, you're right. Like definitely at a time when I was starting to, become more independent, or at least I thought I was, you know, I don't know if my parents would say the same, but um, to automatically, you know, be forced to stay in a hospital bed where you have people coming in at what felt like every hour, every second of the day. Um, And then to have to have, uh, you know, my parent by my side through that too, that was, that was really tough. And, um, you know, not what a high schooler dreams about doing, obviously. Um, But you know, as tough as that was maybe to not have that independence that I might have initially wanted, um, I would say that, you know, I'm super, super thankful to have two amazing parents who um, were willing to, you know, stay by my side through it all and um, do whatever uh, they needed, what I needed um, to take care of me, Um, how they just really went out of their way um, every instant they could to, um, to take care of me and love me well. And um, I know that not everybody is blessed with that. And so I am um, just overall super thankful um, for the both of them and um, all that they did for me. And I think it definitely uh, 
though there were definitely hard moments and hard things um, about it too. A lot of the time uh, definitely brought us closer and um, it's something that we all share even uh, to this day. So, yeah. Wow. That's great. You um, Peyton, you mentioned a few minutes ago when you were just talking about support and people coming around you and great group of friends that you had. And then you also mentioned your church. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about, because you know, somebody going through something like this, um, it can really cause someone to, to question, right? And to really maybe lose faith. Yeah. Um, how did faith, how did this impact your faith? Yeah, um, God, we're talking about this because I think that ultimately uh, my faith in the Lord is uh, what gave me the most comfort uh, through all of this. I um, I was a Christian at the time of my diagnosis and um I think one of the big things for me was I never really questioned like if God existed, like, Oh man, like God, like I have cancer, like how could like a good God exist? If like, this is happening to me, that was never really a thought that went through my mind. Thankfully for me, um, it was more of a, Oh my gosh, like why, like why me? Like God, like, why is this happening to me? How can this possibly be part of your uh, good and perfect plan for my life? Um, and that, that was more of the question that I struggled with because I was confident that um, God was there and he was good and um, he is my Lord and Savior. And um, I knew those things, but uh, I'm someone who definitely likes to have control and, um, you know, a big planner. And so to automatically have no plan, so much unknown, so much change, um, literally no control over what my body was doing. Um, that was really tough for me, but um, I think having those things, you know, I never really had control to begin with, but, um, I thought I did in some sense and to, for, um, God to kind of use, um, this illness to show me like, no Peyton, like I have control like and, and you don't. And, um, like I can use this for your good. Like you might not see it now, but I can, and I will use this for your good and my glory. Like no matter what the outcome of this is, um, I think that those are really things that the Lord showed me through all of this. And I was able to cling, uh, to the hope that is, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, through all of this. And even though, um, even though that didn't always make things easier and I still experienced pain, um, so much of the time, you know, I definitely, um, experienced so much greater comfort and peace, um, and joy. And, uh, I look back on the whole experience and can, can so see, um, not just the big moments that uh, God's hand was over my journey, but the little ones too, remembering uh, so many small um, little blessings um, that the Lord uh, really provided me and my family during that time. And um, that's why I can honestly say that I'm super thankful for uh, the journey that uh, I experienced in regards to cancer. And yeah, it was hard, but um I really grew a lot in my relationship with the Lord and um, he continues to teach me things. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's, you know, it's so hard because I know there's so many, um, there's so many families that that'll experience childhood cancer as a, it'll be as a child, as a sibling, as a parent, and everybody has a different reaction and faith comes into play in that in a different way. And I love hearing your perspective of how um, that's what you clung to. That was your foundation. That's what got you through. And you certainly questioned some things, you know, asking how can this be part of the plan, mm-hmm. but ultimately knowing and trusting that, you know, what, I'm, I'm not in control and I'm going to trust that he is. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's, um, I love hearing that in your story. 
It says a lot when you can say that you're grateful for the journey. Cause I think if people are listening and, you know, I remember when you went through this, cause I knew your mom and <laughs> be able to, you're three years off treatment now, right? Is that yes. three years to be able to look back and say you're grateful for it. It just, that says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely been able to see, um, especially, you know, during uh, my treatment, but even after the fact, I've been able to see like countless ways that the Lord has allowed me to also just share um, my story. I mean, like we're doing right now, but to share it and uh, just uh, so clearly like demonstrate how uh, God's goodness, uh, you know, is present, was present through it all. Um, I'm just really thankful and blessed with the opportunity to be able to share um, my story and how use it to glorify him and, um, yeah, I, I know that, uh, that that's what, um, maybe like, that's what the purpose of all of this was. Um, I don't really know, but I think that, um, you know, even though suffering on this earth is really hard and it's not what we want, uh, God really can use it for uh, our good and his glory. And, um, yeah, I'm just, once again, super thankful. Hmm. So. so knowing that I just, just, this will wrap us up after hearing you say that, would you change it? Uh, that's a really good question. So, uh, you know, I would be lying if I, um, you know, never thought about like, oh my gosh, if I hadn't had cancer, then I wouldn't be having to do this right now. Like about so many different things. Um, you know, that thought crosses uh, my mind more than I would like to admit. Like if I didn't have to go through this, then like this would be different for me. Um, and yeah, it does. It crosses my mind all the time, um, unfortunately. Uh, but when I like really take a step back and think about, um, all of the things that, uh, I experienced both the hard and the good, um, I mean, and I say that, you know, some of the hard things were good things too. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's that, but, um, when I just take a big step back and look, um, at everything that happened, um, I, I know that all of the things, uh, whether uh, good or bad, whether hard or easy, um, all of those things uh, were God ordained and uh, were in were a part of my journey for a reason. And even though I can look back and try to pick through all the little things that oh maybe if I just changed this this would this would happen for me like right here and now. Um, when I really think about all those things, I know that all of those were part of my journey for a reason. And um, that even if I don't quite understand why uh, God does, Mm -hmm. and uh, that's all that matters. And um, I just have to trust that, you know, he's going to use all of those tiny pieces of the story um, to come together and make a great big one uh, for my life. And, you know, a story that's not over yet, that's still continuing. And I just have to use my story to glorify him, uh, all the things that he's done. Um, use those to proclaim his name uh, to everyone that I come to know. And um, so I guess my answer, (laughs) long answer to that, short answer to that question would be um, no, I wouldn't change a thing um, just because I know that all of the, even the parts that I didn't like um, of my story, they're all uh, a part of it for a reason. And I, I know that God um, has a purpose in all of those things. Well, that's a, I mean, that's an, a perspective that, um, you know, that can be tough, um, that perspective, but it's such a, um, uh, an, an eye-opening perspective just to, to think about, right, and to, um, and to consider, you know, and, and I just want to thank you for sharing that. Thanks for sharing your story today. Thanks for being open and transparent and, 
Um, obviously, Christy already knew it. Thanks for inviting me in. And then all the listeners that are getting to hear this. Um, my hope is that uh, your words today are an encouragement for someone. And so I just really appreciate you um, sharing. So thanks for joining us today on this episode. We're really grateful for you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. It's true. We really do hope that Peyton's story encouraged you. I know it did me. Um, What amazing faith that she has um, truly forged in the fire. Yeah, she's really, she's kind of one of my favorites. She's really special. I'm just really grateful that our lives intersected and that she could come and share her story with us. Yeah. Well, hey, there's more to come this month, so be sure to check back with us next week and all month long, and we will see you later on the next podcast.